This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Disappointment is a friend to transformation, a call to both accuracy and generosity in the assessment of ourself and others, a test of sincerity and a catalyst of resilience. Disappointment is just the initial meeting with the frontier of an evolving life, an invitation to reality, which we expected to be one particular way and turns out to be another, often sometimes more difficult, more overwhelming, and strangely, in the end, more rewarding. End quote. And this is the last of a five-part series on David White's Consolations. If you haven't listened to the first four episodes, I recommend you take a moment and do so. You don't need to interrupt this. They're not in any particular order, except this one is deliberately last, which I'll talk about in a minute. But the first four cover courage, anger, love, and confession, all of which provide a primer for us for how we might approach the start of this new year. Now, I know at this point it's February, and it feels perhaps like this year has been going on for several months at this point, but I'd say we're still in the early stages of 2024. Today's topic, of course, is about disappointment, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And at the end of last week's episode, I mentioned that I saved this one for last. For a reason. Why? Well, One thing that we don't often mention here is that in our relentless pursuit of self-improvement, which has become a cornerstone of this particular podcast, there will inevitably be setbacks and failures. We will discard resolutions, we will fail to reach goals, we won't meet timelines, and we'll have successes not realized. And that is part of the process. It's how we receive and then process and respond to those failings that's critical. And we've talked about resilience before, so I won't rehash that here. But disappointment is a catalyst for a lot of the change that we want to see in ourselves. Now, as many of you know, I'm a Marine officer. And in the course of my duties in that profession, I have counseled countless Marines on their performance or lack of performance and their duties and responsibilities. And it's a critical part of the senior-subordinate relationship. And it's equally valuable, I would say, for both parts. And there are reasons for that. And this is naturally not confined to the military profession. It's just one that I know very well. You may not know them as counselings, per se. I don't know that I've ever heard somebody on, at my civilian job, for example, talk about counselings, necessarily. Usually that has a pejorative connotation, or a negative connotation is probably more accurate. This might be a performance review. Let's call it that. That's a that's a common term in the civilian world. So whether it's a counseling or performance review or just a general one-on-one meeting with someone to assess your performance, you've either done this or been a part of this, almost certainly. And of course, this means that while not all counselings or performance reviews or one-on-ones are negative, some are. And this, of course, means that I've had to tell many individuals when they weren't necessarily performing well and failing my expectations. And of course, it follows that this is not easy. It's difficult to look someone in the eye and tell them that they're failing. I've been told this myself before, and it is a humbling experience. To this day, I can recount individual conversations where I was told that I was failing and falling short. 
It's a reminder that no matter how good we get at any given thing, there's always room for improvement, which is why we're here. And perhaps you yourself have received negative counselings or performance reviews or one-on-ones in your past. And David points out in the quote today that disappointment is a catalyst. Naturally, the question is a catalyst to what? Well, he lays out five specific things. Transformation, accuracy, generosity, sincerity, and resilience. Transformation. Well, how so? Disappointment or discontentedness is why, I think, in my opinion, we change. We don't like the current version of us, so we change. We don't like the current version of our neighborhood, so we do something about it. We don't like the current leadership of our town, of our city, of our county, or our state, or even our our federal government. So what do we do? We change that thing. Disappointment can be the start of that. Accuracy. This was a weird one. This took me a moment when when I thought through it. But perhaps we set the mark in the wrong spot the time on the wrong horizon, or our measurement of success incorrectly. We talked about this at the beginning of the year, or just before the turn of the year, when I mentioned that New Year's resolutions, are they often fail us within weeks. And a lot of the time that that happens is because we set too lofty a goal. We say, I'm going to finally learn to play the guitar. I'm as guilty of this as anyone. I have a guitar sitting in my house that I haven't touched in years, and yet I always promise myself I'm going to do something with it. But I say, I'm going to practice the guitar for an hour a day. An hour a day. That's 365 hours in a year. Imagine how good a guitar I would be at the end of a year if I practiced an hour a day. 365 hours in a year. That'd be fantastic. And then to get the first day out of the way. And of course, the first day of the new year is a vacation day. So there's no work. Things are usually pretty relaxed. Well, then maybe the second day comes along and I do it again. And maybe now my fingers are a little bit sore. But you know what? Second hour, still practicing, seeing progress, feeling excited. And on and on and on, three, four, five, eight, ten, twelve days later. And now I've missed a day or two. Maybe I've tried to make up for a day by doing more. And now I'm frustrated. And now the luster and the shine of the new year has worn off. I'm back at work. All of the responsibilities and things that come with life in general have fallen back on me. And what's the first thing to go? The thing that I didn't have a habit of doing just a week or two before that anyway. So maybe the measurement of success should be one minute. And this isn't a new idea. I've brought this up before on this podcast, but what if I say I'm going to practice for one minute a day? Well, that's 365 minutes in a year. That's still six hours of time. I'd probably be pretty good if I did that. And what's going to happen? That one minute is going to turn into two, which is going to turn into five, which is going to turn into 15. Based on my original measurement of success, and this is where the accuracy piece comes in, That's a quarter of what I would have originally said was acceptable. That would have been a failure of a day. But now, because I set the goal at one minute a day, when I accomplish 15 minutes of practice, I'm now 15 times more successful than I set the bar for. And that is a good feeling. And that good feeling can multiply. And if I do that day over day, sometimes all I can do is one minute. That's all I have time for. Strum out a couple of chords, practice a couple of finger movements, that's it. And that's all I can do. That's still a success because I set the measure of success accurately. Generosity. Well, generosity is no sense in beating ourselves up about falling short, right? I just said we didn't have whatever this habit was, whatever this new thing we're trying to do. We didn't do that or have that habit not so long ago. 
So oops, we messed up. Oops, we missed a day. We learn, we move forward, and we grow. And lastly, he talks about sincerity. Now, how badly do we want to be the thing that we're not currently being? Is our desire sincere? Why? If this is the why that everybody talks about. If you have a why, you can overcome any how, right? This is that. This is having a sincere reason for wanting to change the thing that you are disappointed about. This has been the topic of many of the counselings that I've done. And I'll talk about that more in a bit. But sincerity, it's key. And of course, we talked about resilience in the past, how we recover and bounce back and rebound and reattack. All of those things are good. So resilience obviously comes from this. Being disappointed and recovering is resilience in action. So let me read the quote one more time for you, and then I'm going to dive into it just a bit more. David White says, quote, Disappointment is a friend to transformation, a call to both accuracy and generosity in the assessment of ourself and others, a test of sincerity and a catalyst of resilience. Disappointment is just the initial meeting with the frontier of an evolving life, an invitation to reality, which we expected to be one particular way and turns out to be another, often something more difficult, more overwhelming, and strangely, in the end, more rewarding. End quote. Now, in nearly all of those fall short counselings that I'm talking about, they might call them negative counsellings. I don't love the term negative counselling, by the way, as I think the very act of counselling in and of itself is founded in the goal of improvement. So they should be positive in nature, even if bad news is being delivered. But I digress. That's not the point here. Let's call it a, let's call it a counselling for substandard performance. In each of those counsellings of substandard performance, I ask the individual, if they're living up to their expectations. I am testing their sincerity. I'm t testing their resilience to see if they remember their motivations. Because last time I checked, and it's been some time since it's been anything but, it's an all-volunteer force, right? Your job that you have presumably is a voluntary job. You chose it. You sought it out on what, through whatever medium, LinkedIn or a Google search or a friend of a friend. You sought out that job. You voluntarily went after that. And you may feel at times that you're trapped and that it's not voluntary. You must do it. But in the end, if the chips were on the table and you had to, you could leave it. So what motivated you to go there to begin with? This is what I ask people. And oftentimes what I find is that when we're talking about these substandard performance counselings, it's not a surprise to the individual. They know that they're not living up to their expectations. They're not living up to the expectations of the organization, and they're not living up to the expectations for themselves. And that's something to think about and something to consider. They may enter and receive disappointment, but I try to send them out with a sense of purpose, a reimagination of those motivations, a reinvigoration of what drew them to the organization to begin with, to the job that they have and to the responsibilities that they have in that job. In that way, the counselings oftentimes take care of themselves. Presented in that way, a lot of times, people will make the rudder steers and the corrections, of course, on their own. Now, I always, in order to try to seed that transformation, I always try to close my counselings with something to the effect of, when you, person who has performed below standards, walk out of this office, you are at a crossroads. Not in a literal sense, but the figurative one. This can be the last time a performance improvement counseling 
comes your way because you leave here and you adjust, you redirect, or as David might put it, you transform and reapply accuracy and sincerity through resilience and generosity to yourself. Or this can be the first in a line of these counselings, which does not end well for your career. And I can say that almost to a person, with very few exceptions, when those individuals have left the office, and this is not because I'm some magic counselor or some magic performance improver, but I think inside everybody is intrinsic motivation to do things. Nobody wants to be disappointed. Nobody wants to go home at the end of that day after receiving that counseling and look at themselves in the mirror and know that they're letting someone down, especially someone for whom I hope they respect. I know I didn't, and I know that's what drove me in those moments where I've fallen short to some of the finest mentors that I've ever had to reassess who I was and to reassess my motivations and why I was doing and saying or not doing and not saying the things that were presented to me. Now, is my presentation of that, this could end badly for your career if you continue, blah, 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 is that harsh? Maybe, but it's representative of the person and the position in which they are falling short. Even if that's you or that's me, it's representative of the severity of that situation. Why did we even have to have this conversation? And here's the best part about this. This doesn't have to come from someone else. This can be an internal conversation. If you've never stood in front of the mirror or been in the car by yourself on the way to work and had a conversation with yourself, you're missing out. The internal reflection and moments of silence that you can have where you can look at yourself and go, what am I doing? I'm not fulfilling the things that I want to fulfill. Why was I originally even planning to do this or make this change? And come back to that motivation. So, Going back to the original question of the episode, why did I save this quote for the last in this series? Well, because I think it's important to remember and to, I'm going to invent a word here, I've done this from time to time, pre-consider, not reconsider, pre-consider how we'll respond when, not if, disappointment comes to us. So as we move into the next 11 months or 10 and a half months or so of this year and beyond, be generous and be resilient in your shortcomings, because they will happen. You will fall short of something. You will miss the mark on something. Just remember, be sincere in your convictions, be generous to yourself and understand that falling short is part of the process, and be resilient. Bounce back and re-attack. Join me next week when we explore another quote for its deeper meaning. And if you would, will you take a moment and recommend this episode, maybe this series, and this podcast to a friend for whom you think it would be beneficial and uplifting. I'd greatly appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com Find me on Instagram at QuotationsPod or join the conversation on Facebook at QuotationsPod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.